Welcome to episode 101 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed and work in life. I'm your host, Chris Knudsen. I'm a practicing licensed professional engineer and certified program and project manager directing a major infrastructure construction program in the UK. But I'm also focused on inspiring civil engineers. Because of that, continue to share my thoughts through my writings and through this podcast with my co-host, Anthony Fasano. And we want to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. And I think in this episode, we're going to do that. This is the uh, third episode in a three-part special series focused on preparing us for the Global Engineering Congress 2018. I'm bringing you with me to the offices of Mott McDonald in uh, London, central London, and I'm going to be sitting down with Global Sustainability Leader David Stranati. We're going to have a great conversation around the UN Sustainable Development Goals, a main focus point for the uh, GEC 2018, that's the Global Engineering Congress 2018. And we're going to be talking about how civil engineers can tactically support achievement of these goals. So we're going to be breaking these apart and David provides some great insight in how each of us as civil engineers and even civil engineer company owners can do their part to achieve the goals of the uh, UN Sustainability Development Goals, SDGs. And you'll hear that acronym brought up quite a bit. I think you're really going to like this episode and what David shares with us. And just so you know a little bit about him, he is a corporate sustainability leader with over 20 years of experience working at European and global levels alongside chairmen, CEOs, boards of directors, senior managers, politicians, and senior civil servants on corporate responsibility and sustainability. And he also is a very recognized thought leader by academia and business on sustainability, leadership, and change management. He happens to be the chair of the sustainability leadership team at the Institution of Civil Engineers, who also happens to be the host for the 2018 Congress. Before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it that way. So always happy when you support them and us in keeping this free and that sponsor is PPI. So if you've been looking for a way to advance your engineering career, well, stick around later where I'll be sharing info on where to find the best resources to prepare you for your licensure exam, including an exclusive 20% discount available only to our listeners. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Now let's dive into episode 101 for Civil Engineering Conversation with David Stranati on Global Sustainability. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for our Civil Engineering Conversation. I'm sitting here with David Stranati in the offices of Mott McDonald in central London. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Those listening, we were originally going to do this as a Skype call and then decided, hey, why don't we just do this face-to-face? I think it'll be a little bit better of an episode for uh, not only for you and I, as we record this, but for everybody's going to be listening to it as well, so it makes it a little more enjoyable. So let's just go, we're going to go ahead and just jump in. we got a number of questions to get through today. And so like, the first one is, maybe it's a softball question, I don't know, but we'll throw it out there. What role does a, does a corporate or strategic sustainability managing director play, and what responsibilities do they hold? And I ask that because that's what you are. Yeah, thank you. No, I know. You know, it is a very, of course, personal and individual answer, but because, in, in, at least in, in my case, I received a very clear mandate uh, from the chairman of Mount McDonald. He just asked me to, to become the best uh, among competitors. All right. so uh, and potentially just to, uh, you know, go a bit further out of our uh, industry. And that implies embedding um, sustainability in our culture, uh, making sense of sustainability for everybody within the organization. 16,000 people, they need to get it and it needs to become meaningful for each of them. Uh, it needs to empower them uh, to progress sustainability. And, um, and therefore, uh, it's quite a broad remit 
that I very happily took on board. And um, so first of all, I need to make sense for the company, for the, the culture of the organization. And that's why we went for uh, the, our approach, which is uh, using our own ingenuity uh, to deliver lasting value for all. Because there's always a bit of criticism regarding sustainability that sure. um, somebody else will sort it out. And it's going to be a target in 2050, 2060, uh, whatever, uh, in the future. And uh, usually somewhere else, and uh, not, not my garden. Uh, therefore, uh, we need to make sense of sustainability for each of us, from the receptionists to our chairman. So it's a pretty broad uh, task that uh, I received, and I made it even bigger. Okay, well, that's, that's always good, right? Take something and grow it. And of course, that's going to lead me right into the next question, which has to do with um, with one that I think uh, we've heard it now said even on this episode in the interview so far, sustainability, <laughs> several times already. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to know as, as you think about that word, yeah. um, and especially as you're, as you're working to propagate this through the culture of Mont McDonald, and then also through your work that you do with the Institution of Civil Engineers. Yeah. For the civil engineers who are listening, what does that word sustainability mean to you? For me, and this goes straight maybe uh, to the heart of why I think civil engineers pursue a career in civil engineering, is about making a difference in society. I think that, um, broadly speaking, we get attracted by civil engineering because we want to design, we want to build, uh, we want to see and operate uh, infrastructure assets that are going to make a difference in society. It can be a bridge, it can be a motorway, it can be an airport, it can be a building anything. And therefore, what we are, what we love as engineers, and by all means, these are all generalizations, is challenging the status quo and delivering excellence. Therefore, sustainability uh, is perfect in this kind of environment because effectively it is about making a difference in society, delivering value. It is about using our own ingenuity. I use again this term because it is very closely related to engineering in order not just to deliver the best technical solution. That's already quite challenging in itself and quite fulfilling. But I guess that what we love is seeing that our best technical solution uh, delivers outcomes and delivers outcomes for the local community, the broader society. Uh, if you're talking about, um, you know, a high-speed rail, uh, it's going to be for the whole region, can be even the, the country. Yeah. And um, so it's a big thing, uh, if it makes sense. So giving and receiving uh, this kind of awareness of what that what we do can have a big impact and uh, consequences is quite exciting. And that's why I link this excitement that I think is the prime reason why engineers are approaching a career in, in civil engineering to sustainability. Yeah. And they make them, uh, you know, overlap. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, that's a great insight on that. Because I know one of the reasons that I ended up vectoring myself towards civil engineering was really around that, that aspect of service and being able to support greater society. I was always infatuated with, with motorways and transportation systems and things like that, even as a young kid. And so... It just, I guess, became the manifestation of what I, what I understood and what excited me. And I think of being able to think about how we make that impact 
and expand that into society in general, I think is one of the things I know that for me professionally, that's what draws me in. And I would suspect the same thing that many of the listeners are the same way that they feel that exactly as they go through. So we're sitting here talking today about sustainability and it's really on the front end of a pretty big event that's going to be coming up in just a couple of weeks. And uh, that is the, uh, as we record this uh, podcast, we're getting ready for the Institution of Civil Engineers in London hosting the 2018 Global Engineering Congress. And the focus of the Congress this year is going to be on the UN's sustainability development goals. I'm professionally excited to, to uh, attend that event because I've seen the agenda already, the, um, who the speakers are that are coming in, which is pretty, pretty phenomenal. There's going to be five sustainable development goals that are going to be um, explained and discussed there. And as you look at that list of five and the content that's going to be going on at that event, what do you feel is the most important one and why do you feel that way? And of course, I cannot refrain from pointing to the sixth one that is not there. <laughs> In the sense that, you know, you have these five or 17, 17 are the SDGs, yeah. and uh, you don't want to, to mention one is more important than the other. So this, is uh, this is you making it better. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's just, you know, stretching uh, and avoiding to give a straight answer, maybe. Uh, by all means, I think that SDG 9 is about infrastructure, okay, yeah. and innovation. So, for obvious reasons, it is the one that I feel potentially closer to what we do. Uh, but that would be unfair to the others, would be unfair to the water, would be unfair to the energy, would be unfair to the climate change, would be unfair to the cities. And that's the reason why I tend to point my, my finger, if I can, on the partnership one, which is the number 17, is the partnership for the goals. Because effectively, we as individuals, as organizations, we are not able to deliver projects uh, on our own, Absolutely. never. Yeah. We are always working in partnership, uh, in partnership with the communities, in partnership uh, with the client, and uh, in partnership with competitors, which sounds a bit crazy, but that's how it is. And therefore, improving and the, the number 17 uh, on partnership and collaboration and trust, I think is the most powerful one in actually delivering the five most engineering, uh, let's say, SDGs and the interconnectedness among themselves yeah. as well, uh, because effectively they have an indirect and induced impact on the others. Therefore, let's go for, for partnership. Yeah, and that's a great way of putting it because if you look at the agenda and the way that they've got things, the uh, things are set up for this, it really is about partnership because yeah, we're bringing in organizations from, from around the world. Yes, ICE is going to be there, but the American Society of Civil Engineers is going to be there, the Canadian Society of Civil Engineers, World Federation of Engineering Organizations. So these, these uh, international, national level bodies are going to be there, but then you're going to have academia, policymakers, heads of engineering companies, managing directors, all these different individuals who are coming together to, to do that partnership piece to try to figure out how to sort this out. How can we develop a path forward that's fit for purpose that's going to be able to look And at I think on this, uh, you are absolutely right. It is going to be a, an exciting five days that are going to happen in London. And uh, even within Mott McDonald, when they told me, we are going to get involved uh, with that conference, which is about sustainability. And I said, no, that's the Global Engineering Congress. It is a great pleasure that the SDGs are going to be integral part and the common theme of yeah. the five days. 
But for me, it is the effective recognition that sustainability and the SDGs are the framework that we are going to pursue in the years to come, till 2030, uh, when they are going to be replaced by other goals uh, that I guess are not going to be too dissimilar. So what is important for me from this event uh, is going to definitely have this kind of partnership but to make a difference for the future. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we are working with the uh, IC, with the American Society of Civil Engineers, and also with the Canadian uh, colleagues, really to, to talk about the legacy, uh, to talk about what's next. Uh, it doesn't need, we don't want it to, have a, to be a big celebration event party for five days yeah. in London. We need to go back with a full uh, packed, a list of actions uh, yeah. that we are going to take accountability and leadership and then to convene again somewhere else to check how we have been doing. Yeah, well, and that, that leads me into, I was kind of looking through my little list here of uh, things that we want to talk about because uh, I'm a very, very big believer in, you start with a big idea, strategy, and then that action list that you're talking about, that's the tactical piece. So we've got to have a strategy to understand the vision of where we're trying to get to and then the tactical steps are how we get to that to that vision. And so for a lot of listeners that are out there that, that maybe weren't familiar uh, before they sort of listened to the series about the sustainability development goals, you know, the institution of civil engineers and, and all the different players and actors and stakeholders are going to be involved in this. They've got that, you know, they're starting to develop that understanding of that. That's very strategic level, esoteric. They're listening going, okay, that's, that's all great. That's wonderful. How does that affect me? And so I'm kind of wondering, you know, as I'm sitting there as an engineering company manager director, let's say in Yorkshire or New South Wales or, or my hometown where I grew up in Petoskey, Michigan, back in the United States, and they're sitting here listening to this going, oh, that's all big picture stuff that isn't going to really affect me. Or maybe they're actually thinking, well, how does that affect me? What can I do as an engineer in one of these engineering companies? You know, let's say a design engineer, you know, Mott McDonald, who's listening to this going, well, how do I participate, what do I do with that big strategic level stuff? What do you think some of those tactical actions are that they may be able to implement? Right. A colleague of mine in Mott McDonald would love to do anything in, in this sphere should really get in touch with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as simple as that. But I think that um, on a broader national scale, definitely uh, the, the institutions, the national institutions, uh, will uh, play an important role in getting out there. Because you are right, I'm pretty sure there's going to be somebody uh, that are listening and wondering, what can I do? So I think that this, you know, bridge needs to be built from both sides. The um, associations, institutions, they need to be much more present on this topic uh, on the ground. And they need to, to provide information, uh, websites, conferences, events, uh, but equally, um, if we have this kind of interest as an individual uh, professional, get in touch with the institutions because this is precisely where the action and the leadership uh, will come from. So from my perspective as chair of the um, sustainability leadership team at the ICE, contact details are on the website. And uh, by all means, uh, my commitment is to be much more present virtually mm -hmm. with blogs, with this kind of interviews and uh, online, but equally uh, on, on the ground. And, you know, we need to create this kind of network of like-minded people that are going to deliver uh, these actions that are going to be agreed during the Global uh, Engineering Congress. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so just to kind of pull the string a little bit further on, on your role as the, uh, as the Institution's Sustainability Leadership Team Chair, maybe you could just tell us all a little bit more about what does that role entail and how does that help the institution deliver its focus on, on sustainability? Sure. You know, it is a role that is developing. In the past, there was um, a panel, a guidance panel on sustainability. And um, what I've been asked to do um, as chair of this team was very much to maybe give a practical sense uh, to the concept and the world of sustainability uh, in civil engineering and, and for the institution itself. And the best way uh, I think and we think is to organize events where we engage with people, where we engage uh, with the audience and ask them to participate actively with what we are talking about. So being again on the ground, being present, being active, talking, asking for um, help, proposing ideas, seeing how they are accepted, getting everybody involved uh, from you know, all the key uh, stakeholders, governments, investors, asset owners, designers, consultants, contractors, supply chain, and creating this kind of community uh, around uh, civil engineering and the topic of sustainability. So I may go back uh, to your previous question, creating a partnership among, at the beginning, like-minded people that is going to influence uh, sure. the industry. Sure, okay. What drew you into sustainability? You've obviously have been able to develop a, a deep understanding of sustainability. It brought you into Mount McDonald into this position that you're sitting in today. There must have been something in your career that you either was an evolution of thought, it was a, a project or a program you were involved in, there was something tends to bring, you know, draw somebody into something and they become passionate about it. I'm just curious if, if you might share maybe a little bit of your thoughts on, on that, on what drew you into sustainability. Right. So, as a teenager uh, born in the northeast of Italy, I was in this unlucky position to be close to the Alps and close to the sea in Dalmatia and close to the among the most beautiful spots uh, of nature in Europe. And therefore, my first second-hand car, uh, instead of having five seats, uh, there were only two because it was always packed with skis and uh, ropes and the carabiners and harness and tent yeah. and everything. It was basic. I was living always outdoor, so I love nature. And uh, I always had my circle of friends. We are going out, crossing borders with Slovenia, Austria, Croatia. So it was a great time of wilderness from all the different perspectives. And then the engineering uh, interest uh, came uh, on board. And the environmental engineering was matching uh, my intellectual passion uh, with my emotional passion of being outdoor and therefore I took my first degree in, in engineering. Luckily I had a great experience of working in the uh, public administration for five years and um, I understood that serving my regional administration and then the, the national administration in, in relationship with the European Union there's more than just technical solutions. Uh, there's something called the society, there's something called regulation, there's something called, uh, you know, lobbies and, and so on. So life is remarkably complex. And therefore, the, the complexity of life and the decision-making process 
and uh, took me to, to sustainability because I was just adding more pillars to the environment, sure. uh, basically. Sure. Yeah. And I still I keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> I'm still learning. Of course, I developed some ideas of the role of organizations, the role of individuals within organizations. Um, so we are talking about change management. We are talking about leadership. We are talking about and again, we go back to the very first question about uh, sustainability and making a change in society. At the very end, sustainability is uh, something that we should all aim to a certain extent, both as individuals in what we do within our sphere of power, but also as a professional and uh, influencing as much as we can, definitely in order to live a better future that we, we are actually uh, living uh, currently at the moment to the next generations and to respect uh, who is just sitting around uh, where we are sitting. And there's also the intellectual uh, aspect and challenge of really making the most out of it with what we have. This I find it fascinating uh, because there are always constraints. Uh, can be financial constraints, can be technical constraints, can be any kind of constraint. And find the most sophisticated and, and cool solution. I truly enjoy that. So that's also an aspect of sustainability. Living with constraints in the present and um, being optimistic about the, the future. Yeah, that's, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that. It's, that's good insight to get a better understanding of you know, what brought you into the sphere. So I appreciate it, you sharing that. You know, it makes so much sense to uh, other individuals. Yeah. Uh, so my suggestion is, make sense to you <laughs> what yeah. sustainability is as far as we go to the same uh, direction. Yeah, no, I understand. And definitely, the you know, I think there's a, a sense for a lot of individuals who are drawn to sustainability in, in any way, shape, or form that they've got a, somewhere in their, in their life, there's a tie to nature. They either grew up in it, grew up around it, are in it uh, and, you know, rely on it, uh, you know, today. And, you know, for myself, you know, you grew up in uh, in the area of Northeast Italy. I've been in that area before. It's absolutely gorgeous. I'll be skiing down there later this year. (laughs) Looking forward to that. But I grew up in Northern Michigan, which was, which is, you know, I always thought was, you know, God's piece of earth. It was just absolutely gorgeous and nature and everywhere. So Definitely something that, uh, you know, that I'm always interested in trying to make sure it gets protected for the next generation that my children have access to that. So, so there is that piece of it that, that and we get back in, again, I'll tie this back into things that we've already talked about, which is that civil engineering being that role of engineers to help society in the, in the world around us. So that's great. So, you know, a, a call to action is oftentimes it's, it's looked at as a stimulus to just to do something um, in order to achieve an aim or, or deal with a problem. So be interested to know what your call to action is to all the civil engineers who are listening to this episode uh, with regards to the SDGs. The instinctive answer is, is actually, the call, which is almost a nonsense, it's stop. stop and think stop and see what you are doing how this is related to each of the 17 SDGs because effectively maybe also sharing a bit more about my personal path uh, with the SDGs potentially at the beginning when they were published and launched I didn't pay as much attention as I'm paying now and that's because we not always give uh, full attention and trust to whatever comes 
from big institutions. However, if we see the UN SDGs as goals, and if we see these goals and we start wondering how many of these goals are applicable to your community, you will see uh, that it's going to be a surprise, but it's going to be more than one. Because effectively, these are issues affecting each of us, wherever we live, and the communities we are surrounded by. Maybe it's not the direct community, it's not the, the circle of our friends, but we need to stretch a bit our boundaries and see what happens maybe one street further down. <laughs> you yeah. will see that effectively the reality is quite different, especially regarding inequality. And therefore... The SDGs, if we consider them as goals and uh, we filter them and we see what uh, among these global goals, they are actually our local goals, we see immediately they are fully applicable to any part of this world. Yeah. Therefore, uh, once we have this understanding and we are fully persuaded, we may go back to what we do as professionals and see how, after having stopped and reflected and been taken on board uh, about the, the, the SDGs and what they want to achieve, how I can contribute in my professional life to actually address these, we can call them at this stage, local goals. Yeah. They're, they're not out there, they are not the global goals, they are not coming from the United Nations. These are the local goals for the community uh, that by all means, is going to be impacted uh, by the project I'm working on. So start analyzing um, the project, the community, with a lens and see how many of these 17 goals uh, not only can be addressed with my project, but being an engineer, see how these 17 goals can become variables of the project and maximize the positive impacts and outcomes uh, of this project. So why not considering them as variables, additional variables to the technical uh, problems? Yeah, no, that's a great way to look at that. And I keyed in on your words on the link, you know, each of us as engineers looking at how the uh, SDG or the SDGs, all 17 of them, not just the, the five that are uh, engineer related, how those link, you know, how do we link those to our community? So as you're sitting at your, uh, sitting in your cubicle or, you know, at your desk in your engineering firm there, do that for just a moment. We'll provide links. There'll be links in the show notes. You can get to the uh, page. It's got all the UN SDGs on that. Take a look at those and uh, maybe spend you know, spend five minutes and see how each one of those applies perhaps to a project that you happen to be working on right now or one that's going to be coming up that you're going to be working on and see if you can draw a linkage between that project and the community that you live in or where that, that the community that project is going to serve. I think that's a great way to find a, that, that link to what these bigger goals are. So thanks. I appreciate you sharing that. So again, the event's coming up in just a couple of weeks uh, from when this episode is going to air. And uh, would you be willing to come back, uh, let's say in a few months from now, after the, uh, you know, after all the information comes out of the uh, Congress and is uh, promulgated, I'd be, we'd love to have you come back in just a few months, maybe tell us what's going on. Of course. Oh, by all means, this is a part of the legacy piece we've been talking about. Yeah. Thank you for this opportunity, and by all means, we, we will come back with, uh, you know, with a, a bit of a summary of what was discussed during the Congress. But I think even more importantly, uh, with this list of actions for change and for uh, individual and collective change. So 
by all means, uh, thank you, very much appreciated, and um, uh, let's look at the diaries. Yeah, we'll get our, we'll get our diaries sorted out, and we'll look at we'll get we'll get something in there. So, and we'll definitely we'll do it face to face again too. So I think that's the best way to do that. Give me an excuse to come back to London. <laughs> so, Devi, where can the audience keep informed and updated on the uh, the progress, not only against the SDGs, but uh, the work that you're doing with the with regards to the Institute's sustainability uh, leadership team? Yeah. So my suggestion is get tuned to the websites, uh, not just of the ICE. Uh, there's a page on the Global Engineering Congress. There's a page on the Sustainability Leadership Team. Uh, but equally, uh, I know that the American Society of Civil Engineers, they have a very rich page there. And there's my uh, colleague counterpart there, uh, Chris Lieben, mm-hmm. um, who is the executive officer at LA Metro. Uh, mm-hmm. And there... Uh, and he's doing a great job uh, in the United States, uh, pursuing uh, precisely the same goals. So my suggestion is get in touch with him, uh, with the American Society of Civil Engineers. I'm pretty confident there's going to be lots of material there uh, that is going to be shared after the Congress. Yeah, absolutely. And for everyone listening, we will uh, we'll provide uh, links to all of the uh, these different websites in the show notes. Um, so you just have to go to the... Uh, show notes for the episode and uh, you can click on those and go directly to that so i appreciate that and uh stand by we'll be right back civil engineering podcast civil engineering podcast now it's time for our ce hot seat segment which in today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor ppi if you've been thinking of getting your civil pe license but you're unsure of where to start now is the perfect time to check out ppi to pass.com PPI has helped over 4 million engineers pass their licensure exam and become leaders in their fields. And best of all, PPI has exam prep materials to prepare you for any civil PE discipline, including construction, transportation, structural, and others. Just visit ppi2pass.com to order your exam prep materials and take one step closer to advancing your career. That's PPI, the number two, P-A-S-S.com. And we also have a 20% off promo code available to listeners of our podcast. Just use the promo code TCE8 on PPI's website for an exclusive 20% discount. Again, that's promo code TCE8. All right, David, you're back and welcome to the CE Hot Seat. Are you ready to go? Exciting. (laughs) All right, let's get going. So are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? So for example, this could be a uh, specific morning or lunchtime ritual, Uh, just anything that you do on a consistent and daily basis that you think contributes to your professional or personal development? Yeah, very much so. It is a ritual. It became a ritual. Uh, What I do is I take five minutes every morning and five minutes every evening before going to bed to really just do a bit of exercise, close my eyes, um, meditate, think about possibly just my breathing, that gives me great comfort and the touch uh, to, uh, well, if it is in the evening, uh, to have a good night of sleep. And if it is in the morning, uh, to really be energized and to start with a nice level playing field uh, from all the dreams and nightmares that otherwise <laughs> uh, they would populate uh, every now and again nights. Um, so, yeah, it, it, this helps me a, a lot in, um, you know, I wouldn't say performing at my top, but in giving me the, the comfort that, yeah, I start the day uh, with, with the right step 
and I finish my day also with, with the right one. Yeah, those are great rituals. I um, haven't quite built the habit of the evening one, but I do the morning one. So I, I would agree with you on that. It doesn't necessarily give me all the energy in the world, but it just seems to get my mind set, ready for the day. So that, that's outstanding. So along that line, I'd be interested to know if there's any books that you recommend to engineers regularly, or just maybe one book that you've found extremely helpful for you. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading uh, Fritz of Capra and the Hidden Connections. I enjoyed it because it gave me the opportunity to start accepting and seeing that in everything we do, there are hidden connections. Whatever we do, there are, we have as an impact to a certain extent, and uh, that um, we not always see. Actually, I think that the vast majority of times we don't see, we are not aware of, especially from the professional perspective, that goes precisely back to the topic of the SDGs. Uh, effectively, whenever we uh, deliver uh, an infrastructure project, and um, there are always these hidden connections between the engineering technical solution and an impact on society, on, on the uh, economics of society as well, on the social aspects, on the environment, that not always we are able to capture, uh, we are not always able to identify. So I like that book uh, because effectively it draws this kind of parallels between what would be expected to solve very different themes and branches of knowledge uh, in life. Neuroscience, management, biology, they seem very, very disconnected, but at the very end, uh, if we learn uh, from the best practice of how they work, each of them, we can make a difference in our sphere as well. Oh, that's outstanding. And we'll have a link to where uh, listeners can get to that book as well, just so they've got the uh, access to go and find the connections for themselves. So I appreciate that. So we've got one final question, and this is our, our critical civil engineering career elevator advice question. So... You get into an elevator with a civil engineer and you've got about 30, maybe 40 seconds, let's say, to give him or her some advice, career advice. What would that advice be? Make a difference in society. Uh, it may be, you know, and I already said this several times, and I'm really pleased I'm consistent and uh, that maybe you will get down uh, in you as well. But I think make a difference in society is just three, five seconds, uh, just or every time wonder, um, have you made a difference? Uh, if the answer is not, do more uh, the day after, uh, but make a good difference. Yeah, that's great advice and great advice for anyone who's in the civil engineering profession. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So thanks so much for joining me, David. I'm looking forward My pleasure. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to our next, next interview here in a few months time. It'll be outstanding. And uh, for those that are listening, again, as we record this uh, episode, don't forget that the Global Engineering Congress 2018 is going to be taking place at the Institution of Civil Engineers in London, 22 through 26 October. I'll be there. Hopefully you're there. If you are, please come find me. would love to talk with you. And uh, looking forward to the uh, great uh, conversation and information that's going to be coming out of that event. So stick by for more and wish you all the best in your civil engineering career. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. Please remember, you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. It's all one big word, civilengineeringpodcast.com. And there you're going to find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to the resources, websites, and books that were mentioned during the episode. And until next time, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering endeavors. 
Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.